Welcome to the Success Road Podcast. This is the podcast where we meet at the intersection of your life and then take decisive action to move onward toward higher levels of success, whatever that means for you. My name is Joshua Rivers from podcastguymedia.com, and I'm here to take you on this journey. And I'm excited today to be able to have with me Kimberly Malusis to be able to help us talk through some of these pieces here. And she has a great story and a lot of great advice to be able to share about our mindset, about various things in our life, specifically like contrasting and comparing limiting beliefs with an abundant mindset and things like that, being able to go from one to the other. Kimberly, thank you for joining us today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Once upon a time, you were a CPA and you had an extensive career in that field but you had gotten to the point to where you wanted to make a change. So can you take us back to that point, which I believe was about 13 ish years ago. So take our time machine back there and kind of let us know where you were and why you felt like you needed to make a change. Yeah. So, I mean, I was kind of, I guess at the height of my career and from many perspectives, I was very successful even, you know, as a junior CPA to be wanting to be, you know, in the field, I had done all the exams, scored highest marks, got an honor rolls, won awards, you know, so I was in demand as a professional, no problem finding a job. 20 years of tax experience later, I was a senior corporate tax manager at PricewaterhouseCoopers, had a beautiful office, you know, with windows. I had a staff that were, you know, very great to work with and that I had the opportunity to invest in. I had all the benefits, six-figure income, you know, I kind of had it all from, you know, what people are usually looking for, but I just knew that something was missing. And me and my husband decided that we would try something a little different. And I left my job not even exactly knowing what I was going for or going into, but I knew I was going for something more. And I remember on that last day of work, writing on the whiteboard of my office, the poem, The Road Less Traveled. And for many of you, you probably know that poem. And it ends with the stanza that says, two roads diverged in a yellow wood. And I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. And it was a little bit prophetic in the sense that I didn't know what I was getting into, but I can say without a shadow of a doubt now, in with the benefit of hindsight, that where I am really that day, it made all the difference that I made that step. What was the next step then for you as you we're looking at making a, a pivot, making a change in your life, in your career. Well, I guess here I can quote from another famous, you know, book of Mice and Men where it starts the best laid plans of Mice and Men do or do go astray. We actually got ourselves into a little bit of a different situation than we expected because I got pregnant after I left my job. So it wasn't too long that I left my job that I got pregnant, which may not seem like a big deal, but my kids were pretty grown at the time. So my eldest was just about to leave the house to go to university. Then I had a 15-year-old and a 12-year-old. And so to be pregnant at that point was a big surprise. So we really knew we need to make a difference or we need to make a change. And so we decided to sell our house in Toronto. We lived in a kind of a 
more expensive area of Toronto. So we had a lot of capital in our house, but we also had a lot of debt and we didn't want to be in a place of having debt. So we sold our house and we moved into the country and we had this great idea that we were going to flip houses because my husband's in construction. He's very good at what he does. So we thought, well, we'll just flip houses. The trouble was that we had to live in the house that we were flipping. And as I say very often, really wasn't the house that was flipping. It was us. We were going a little crazy (laughs) being in this tiny little place, which is really all we could afford at the time with the capital that we had, because you need a lot of capital to do house flipping. And we were living in that house and it was a little crazy. But it was at that time that I got introduced to what I do now. And so that has made all the difference right there. The house flipping, that's not what you do now, though, is it? Not at all. I do something (laughs) very different. (laughs) So you came across a product you thought that you'd like to go in and try, but Mm -hmm. trying that product ended up changing the whole trajectory of what you were looking at doing. Exactly. So what was that and how did that impact you? I've always been of a, a natural health person. So even though I'm a CPA, you know, tax specialist, I was really on my own health journey. I had had health issues and I needed to get some support for that. And I wasn't finding it in traditional medicine. So I was on my own journey of trying to find answers. And along that journey, I'd found lots of different things that were supportive. But during that period of time when we were house flipping, our real estate agent's wife introduced me to essential oils. And I wasn't very interested at the beginning. I didn't understand why these little brown bottles, why they were so exciting. They seemed very boring to me. But I figured, well, I need to make my house smell good because my house was stinky from all the construction. So I might as well buy some essential oils and a diffuser just to make my house smell good. And that's really the extent of it. And I even told her because I knew that the company doTERRA, which is the the essential oils that I was buying at the time, I knew that there was a business opportunity associated with it. So I told her really clearly, don't put me on a mailing list and don't talk to me about the business. I'm not interested. (laughs) And it was almost rude, but I had to say that because, you know, being a businesswoman, I had everybody wanting to approach me about their business opportunity and I just needed to make a boundary. So I've since had to eat those words as humble pie. But, you know, what happened is I started using these oils to make my house smell better, but then I started learning. And the more that I was learning, the more I thought, man, if this is true, everybody needs to know about these oils because if they can really do what I'm learning about that they can do, then this is a massive solution for a lot of people that they're looking for that they're going to need. And then that really started it. I really even wasn't still interested in doing a business, but I was really passionate about the oils and I was talking to people and I thought, well, you know, I might as well make a little bit of money on the side. You know, I'm home anyway. And never really thinking that it would become what it is today, where I have three and a half million of sales every month. And who knew that it was going to become that? I surely didn't at the time, but it came out of a passion. And it really has been what I've been looking for all this time. I really feel like I've found my sweet spot, so to speak. Okay. Yeah. So the focus of our conversation, though, isn't going to be around essential oils necessarily no. as as you and I discussed in our uh, conversation last week which people are not privy to necessarily but we discussed the fact that there's a lot of people that look to the oils as like this magic pill that's going to solve everything yeah but it's not just the oils they can help but there's a mental piece 
that needs to be taken care of. And there's other things that we need to do to be able to take care of the different ailments and whatnot that we're looking to get taken care of. And so the part that I wanted to look at was with those mindset pieces, Mm -hmm. because I know that you've had to overcome a lot of different pieces throughout the years. And so, yeah. So can you list a couple of the limiting beliefs that you had and how you were able to overcome them? Oh my goodness. There's so many, like, I mean, even just to leave my career behind, you can only imagine that I have a master's degree from university. Took me a long time to get that lot of hard work. I had CPA, you know, 20 years of tax experience to leave that behind. What I had to let go of was my need to be having my identity so tied up with my profession. And it took me a long time just from a mindset perspective to get over the fact that when I introduced myself, I couldn't just introduce myself as a stay-at-home mom or as a entrepreneur wannabe. I, I felt like I didn't have an identity outside of my profession. And it was really difficult to get to a place where I had to believe in myself aside from a designation or a degree. I had to believe that I had uh, strength and power and gifts inside of me to offer the world that were separate from all of these external things. And that was a huge switch that uh, took a lot of years to work through. And I'm grateful. I think it's a kind of an ongoing thing, but that's definitely one of them. And another big one is the area of rejection. Now, this is really funny to me because One of the reasons why I refused to go for partnership at the CPA firm where I worked, so I wanted just to stay at senior corporate tax manager because partner, you had to sell things. I didn't want to sell trying to bring in new (laughs) customers. Who wants to sell, you know? And I never wanted to do that part because one of my major fears from very little girl was this fear of rejection. You know, I just wanted to be liked. I just wanted to be accepted and the terror of putting myself out there with the possibility that someone could say no to me was just overwhelming. So that is a massive barrier that you need to get over if you're going to be involved in direct selling. I mean, this is what I do every day now. I I sell to people. And if I'm not selling a product, I'm selling a business. And if I'm not selling a business, I'm selling to my team members, you know, a mindset that they need to adopt. And so there's constant selling. And so I had to get over that fear of rejection. That was a biggie. Yeah, I can definitely identify with the exact same thing. I've tried some different sales related type things. And so I remember way back, I was 19 and trying to sell Cutco knives, but I was a very shy person and I had just moved to an area. So I didn't know anybody. And I'm sitting Mm -hmm. here talking to this person, trying to teach me how to sell these knives and it's like, well, go make a list of the people that you know. It's like, well, I don't know anybody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I tried that for a couple months. It did not work. It was not right for me, at least not at that point in time and not that scenario. And mm-hmm. I struggled with that. So from that point, I always had it in my head that I can't do sales. It's not mm-hmm. my thing and, and things like that. But since then, I'm listening to a lot of different business and entrepreneur and different things like that, different books and podcasts. And coming to realize that we're all in sales. Everyone is in sales in some aspect of their life. So that was an interesting awakening to me. And then real sales is like, not just like the sleazy used car salesman type or at furniture stores or whatever. And so, so Uh when you go in there, it's like, you see like 20 eyeballs looking at you, waiting for you to 
look at something. And so, <laughs> right. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, many of us have that feeling about sales and that's why we don't want to do it. But here's the thing. If we really understood what sales is, we would understand how powerful it is. Like you said, that all of us are selling something all the time. You know, you, sometimes we're just selling our kids on the idea that, you know, going to bed at this particular time is a good idea, you know, but we're <laughs> always selling people on something, whether we're making a movie recommendation or whether we're, you know, making a product recommendation or whether we're saying, hey, this restaurant, you know, like there's always some kind of thing that we're selling. Some Many times it's ourselves. You know, if we want to be friends with somebody, then we're selling ourselves in the sense that we want to show why we we're a good person to be friends with. And the difference is when you start attaching money to it, then suddenly it seems to illegitimize that same process. So if I'm recommending to you a product that I absolutely love and believe in, I don't have any problem doing that. But now if I make money from it, somehow that illegitimizes the very same action. And so what I recognized is that true sales is service. And mm-hmm. once I get my heart and my mind in the place of service and away from the fact that, yeah, okay, I am going to make money from this, but that doesn't illegitimize my message. No more than when I attend church and the pastor is up there preaching, I don't sit there and think, well, uh, oh, he's only saying that because he gets paid. You know, like maybe there are people that are like that, but for the most part, when (laughs) somebody is up there, they're there because they're passionate about it. And they, when I go to the doctor, I don't think, oh, well, he just saying this because you know, he's getting paid. I mean, people do what they feel in their heart that they need to do most of the time. And the fact that you can make money from that, that's just a bonus, right? That's a major bonus. That's a great thing. But true sales is service. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And this is an unexpected turn in <laughs> where yeah, I was sorry. heading. I just had to say that. I, I do. <laughs> yeah, but it, it just made me think about that time in my life with that sales. But it is such a big thing for a lot of people, or at least something similar to that. We all have these different limiting beliefs that hold us back just because we think we're not capable of doing something because of whatever reason, X, reason X. And so it holds us back. And then maybe we try a couple times, but it's kind of like half-hearted tries. And then we just stop trying altogether just because we convince ourselves that we can't. Absolutely. I know that happens a lot of times, like, like for me personally with weight loss, I started getting to the point where it's like, I've tried all these different things and I just don't have the willpower. I, I can't do it, but I know I can, Yes. but I have these signs when it just just gets in my head where it's like, well, there's no use trying. I'm not making much progress. And I was like really good this week and it went up and it's it's like, it's not working. There's obviously a lot of factors when, when it comes to weight loss, there's a lot of factors. It's not just absolutely a couple things and our bodies just do weird things because there's all kinds of different chemical balances and whatever that's yeah. going on as well. So I had to get over that. Yeah, cause, because the very thing that you're doing when you're seeking to lose weight is the same thing that you're doing when you're seeking to start a business or when you're seeking to get your health back. And that thing is you're seeking to make a major shift. Right. And the reason why people often fail is because they don't have your perspective because your perspective, you're very wisely seeing that, well, it's not going to be just if I do this one thing, then suddenly I'm going to lose all this weight. Right. And there's a number of factors that go into it. And I think we chatted about this is that I started to recognize that the abundance that I experience in my life 
in my business, in my health, in my relationships, in my spiritual life, that that comes because I made choices in a whole bunch of areas. And one thing is tied to another, tied to another, is tied to another. It's not like you can just take a magic pill and you're suddenly the weight that you want to be. And neither can you take a magic pill or say a magic incantation and you have the success that you want. It's really a comprehensive approach that involves a whole number of things and it involves being reasonable with an expectation. I had one of my business leaders come to me the other day and she's like, I said, how did you do this week? And she said, well, you know, I contacted uh, 20 people and only one person said that they wanted to meet up with me to learn about what I want to teach them. And I said, and that's a discouragement to you? She said, yeah, well, it's only one of 20. And I said, well, what if I told you that the average was one out of a hundred, then how would you feel about your one out of 20? She said, well, then I would feel really good. And I said, do you see how the exact same results changes exponentially by how you frame it? And I think a lot of problems that people have with weight loss, with success or whatever is the story that they tell, the frame that they're putting around the actions and the results that they're getting from those actions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's one flaw that we as people have is we are always in a state of comparison. Mm-hmm. We're comparing ourselves to other people and we're comparing ourselves to maybe what we used to do or be. We're comparing mm-hmm. all kinds of different things. And the thing that is really wrong with that is that we're not comparing apples with apples. As I've heard a lot of people or some people say is like you're comparing your beginning with somebody else's middle right. and you can't compare people that way. And so we can hear your story of how you're able to do $3 million in sales every month. And we're like, oh my word, I'm only doing this. And it's like, well, she's been doing it for a lot longer and doing all this. And so there's this whole, whole, whole slew of chapters of story that has happened to be able to get to that point. And so it's not a fair comparison. And, but, but we use that and it holds us back just like you were saying there. So we got to be careful about, about, the way that we compare. Yeah. Comparison kills joy. Yeah. Yeah. And it steals motivation. So let's just not do it. Yeah. And I can't remember where I heard it, but I heard somebody say, all you need to do is just, instead of focusing on all those other things is just say, okay, can I get 1% better today than I was yesterday? I love it. And it says, and if you do that every single day in a hundred days, guess what? You made a hundred percent. Yeah, better in 100 days. And so basically a quarter, all you have to do is just make the small little changes. You don't I mean, they're barely noticeable. But if you make those little changes, it can make a big difference. And that's one thing I'm having. And that was another mindset shift I had to make with my weight and my health is it didn't happen overnight. I didn't get to where I am overnight. It took a dozen years or, or more to be able to get to my place. I can't expect that it's going to go away in two months. And so it's going to take, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to take 12 years, but it's going to take more than a couple of months to be able to do that. So we need to have that mindset. And my doctor, as I was talking to him, he's like, he's like, Hey, we just need to be, get ourselves on the right track going down. If we come back in six months and you're down one pound, that's a success because you're one pound less than you were before. Now, maybe it's not where you want to be but we're headed the right direction at least. So I had to really change my mindset here just the last six months about that. And I'm seeing slow progress, but I am seeing progress, keeping myself encouraged by keeping that in mind that, okay, it's not always going to be a straight line down 
there's going to be some ups and downs and things that happen because life. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so we just have to roll with it. Do you know the book, uh, The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson? I'm not sure I'm familiar with that one. It's such a great one. Like I literally get every single one of my team members to read it. It's kind of mandatory reading if you're on my team. And what his principle is, is that we, you know, for most people, when they're looking for that success in life or success in dieting or success in anything, they're looking for that one big event, right? If I just get this one major contract, well, then I'll be successful. If I just have this, you know, if I win the lottery, then, you know, and we're always looking for the one big thing. But he said that success is achieved in the small things, the little insignificant things that happen on a regular basis. And that's why he calls it the slight edge, right? It's just that little bit extra. He says it's in the things that are easy to do, but easy not to do. And so when you're talking about weight loss, it's easy to, you know, eat a salad instead of a donut, but it's also easy not to do that. And if you think on any particular day, oh, well, it's just a donut or you know, what's one salad going to do? Well, one salad isn't going to do anything and one donut isn't necessarily going to do anything. But you compound those small, easy to do, easy not to do efforts on a day by day by day by day basis. And that's the difference. It's the major principle behind my business is that the people who are successful are not the ones who are just, you know, there's there's the one-offs, you know, who had like massive mailing list before they started and they became, you know, crazily successful. There are those white elephants, but the majority of the people who are successful in my business, and I would say in any business and in any venture, whether you're talking relationships or weight loss or whatever, are the people who are willing to do what other people don't do on a regular basis. They do it consistently and they don't give up. And that's exactly what you're saying. You're saying that you're looking at each step as a success. You're looking at each choice that you make as a success. And that is why you're going to find success. Yeah, absolutely. And we're just barely scratching the surface on this topic. I know that. And I know you have a course where you take people through this called Life More Abundantly. And we'll get to that here in just a second. But mm-hmm. I know in there you teach about several areas of your life to have abundance in. Before we get into more about what that course is and how people can get it, what would you say is the most important area? Wow, that's hard, right? Because the whole point <laughs> of my course is that there isn't one in the sense that, can I tell the story of how I came up with this course? Because I think there's yeah. relevance here. What happened was that I sat down last summer and I was thinking, you know, my marketing team came to me and they said, we need to get a good customer education program. So I thought, okay, good. I know what I'll do. I'm going to just write a great customer education program. And I started reflecting on my customers and I started realizing that there was this kind of consistent uh, problem, let's just say. And the problem was this. I would have people come to me and they would say, Kimberly, um, I have fibromyalgia. I have diabetes, I have, you know, heart issues, I want to lose weight, I have, you know, and they would start listing all of these conditions. And then their question was always the same, what oil do I use? And I would look at them almost dumb face. I'm sure that my jaw was on the ground at that point. And I would say to them, look, you're expecting a lot from an oil. You know, like there's just no magic oil. There's no magic pill that you're going to take to get rid of that. And I didn't always say it that way, but that's what was in my head. And I realized that I needed to do some 
major education for my customers so that they understood that it wasn't just about taking an oil. There's oils that can help with all of those things, but it's about what are you eating on a daily basis? What's at the end of your fork? You know, how are you moving your body? What thoughts are going through your mind? So I started putting this course together to help to educate my customers that it was more than just, you know, a one stringed instrument, (laughs) that there was actually an orchestra that was involved in their health. And what that progressed to was a reflection. And I started reflecting on my own life. And I started reflecting on the fact that here I was 50 years old and never experienced greater abundance than currently. I feel more abundant in my physical health, my emotional health, my relational health, my spiritual health, and my financial health. And I thought, why? Because if it was just something that happened to me, because I'm this lucky person, it's great to be me, but that's not very helpful for everybody else. But if it was something that I did that other people could do, well, then that is hope because that means that everybody can have life more abundantly. And so when you ask me what is the most important area, my answer to you would be, well, they all are, because it's all part of a beautiful tapestry that gets woven together to create abundance in your life. So how can people be able to get a hold of this course that you have available? The course is uh, found at kimm.me slash LMA. That's a shortened URL so you could find it easily. And of course, anybody that comes from your podcast can just use the discount code success to get a 20% discount. But I felt like I wanted to say that if this was something that they wanted to do, it really is a lifetime journey. So it's a 10-week course, but it's a lifetime journey. And I want to encourage them that not only is it possible to start to shift how they're thinking and to start creating a greater abundance in our life, but it's absolutely accessible. I just wanted to speak that encouragement out for your for your listeners. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that. We'll make sure to have that link and code in the show notes so people can be able to get that easily. We'll also have a link to your website overall. So we'll make sure to do that. Do you have anything else you'd like to say as we wrap up? Well, you know, we started off by talking about limiting beliefs, and I wish that I had time to sit down with each of your listeners and let them know a little bit about, you know, where I came from in my past to where I am now. Because if you're struggling with anything hurtful or hard that's happened in your past, just know that you're with a co-sufferer here. I came from a very dysfunctional background, lots of abuse, lots of poverty, lots of crime in my background, and not me specifically, but my family. And so I just want your listeners to know that no matter what's happened to them, there is an abundance available to them in the future, that that's actually what they're intended to walk in. And I just want to share that hope with them that they can have life and have it more abundantly. All right. Well, thank you very much. We appreciate the time that you spent with us. Now, if you want to get the show notes for today's episode, you can either swipe over in your podcast app or you can go to the website successroadpodcast.com slash 419 and you can get the show notes there as well. Now, please share this episode with anyone you think needs this information and I'll look forward to talking with you in the very next episode. Thank you and God bless. Thank you.